listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today, we're going to be dealing with three vital questions. Literally, we've stayed on this subject of purpose all week, and um, today will be no different. We're going we're gonna to stay in that same vein. But I was thinking about this, and this will help. Uh, this will help you. We're going to deal with these three questions um, that really do provoke rapid growth. You know, it's, it's amazing because I've seen, I've been so many, I've been with so many people that have asked me questions. And I thought to myself, man, they could have growth in their purpose and their business and their life. Really, there's, it's very, you know, it's, it's not hard. And even when I tell you these questions today, um, I told Zach, you were in all in moment. I said, I'm going to wear this shirt every day. It's like my cousin did. I was talking to the other Zach. Uh, I got Zach Ramsey in the room. I got Zach Wilson on the comments. So I'm wearing this shirt every single day. Um, I've been with people and I'm like, you know what? They could easily have um, much greater growth. It's just a few small things that would produce large changes. And um, this really applies. And it doesn't matter if you're in ministry. It doesn't matter if you're in business. It doesn't matter if you're a student. It literally, these questions will apply to any area uh, of life. And so I want to go over these today with you and um, and really deal with this. Three things you can always ask yourself at any stage of life, business, ministry, whatever, that will cause, and if you answer it and are truly introspective with yourself, will cause uh, rapid growth. And so that's why I want to cover this today. And uh, it'll help you. It's helped me. And I think when you, I, I guess I guess the best way to say it is when you are, um, when if you allow yourself to be insecure, hey, Kelly, it's great to see you and Bill. If you allow yourself to be insecure, then it really, really stifles your growth and advancement. I mean, it really, really does because you won't allow yourself to do what's necessary for growth. Um, what's up, Lena? What do I mean by that? Well, one, one thing I've noticed is if you are really insecure, then you won't allow yourself to be truly introspective. You know, it's like people are always trying to, uh, rather than looking at themselves, they start criticizing other people or pointing out uh, areas where they're better than others and all this, anything they can do to not put the focus on themselves because they don't want to, they don't want to deal with me. You know what I mean? I don't, they don't want to deal with themselves. So, um, Hey, Mary Beth. So the thing is, if you will reject insecurity, which needs to be done anyway, uh, it'll help you immensely. Because it takes a certain level of confidence and security to ask yourself these questions. It does. I mean, 
That's what, why I made up my mind a long time ago, and I know you guys have probably heard me say this, but I made up my mind a long time ago that uh, anytime I'm doing something, I want it to be uh, criticized, but not in a bad way, in a good way. I want I want anything that I do to be criticized in a good way. I want to be, I always want to stay open to constructive criticism. I always want to stay open to um, uh, people analyzing what we do. And I don't mean just anybody because there's a lot of people I don't care what they have to say. I'm talking about those that I trust, those that I love, those that I respect. You know, if I get if I get criticism or even analysis from people that I love, trust, and respect, listen, I want that. I'm actually searching that out. I'm looking for people that have been there, done that, that have insight. And uh, it takes a certain level of confidence and security in yourself um, to take that and to hear that. Because there's some people, man... You can't tell them anything. They'll either get really angry that you have anything negative to say about what they've done, or they'll just get really defensive. Or they'll, and of course, I've been, um, you know, I've been uh, guilty of that from time to time as well. But you have to like curb that feeling inside yourself and become, um, you know, secure enough to listen to those comments and use them to grow. I mean, you really have to use them to grow. And so today, if you're introspective enough, if you're confident enough, and by the way, if you're jumping on and you haven't shared the broadcast yet, take a minute to share it. Good morning. Good morning, Nancy. Rossi, good to see you. Love you, Lena. Um... And so we're going to deal with that today. And these these three will will definitely help you. Um, apply them to anything you do. You know, apply them to anything you do and watch as there's growth. I mean, I mean that. Um, because it will. What will happen is it really, it, it puts parameters on what you're doing. And when you define parameters, then you can really start shooting up like next levels. Um I've used this before. I'll, I'll use the, I'll use this again because uh, even though there's probably not like a ton of uh, video gamers on today, uh, I know there's a couple, but there's not a ton. One of the things that I I learned, and uh, this sets up this sets up the day perfectly. Uh, if you've ever played video games, uh, there are certain games where the character that you're playing has a certain uh, grouping of statistics and attributes that you can, throughout the game, level up through experience points. So let's say, you know, you have all these different, let's say you have like a warrior or something in the video game, and he has strength, and he has dexterity, and he has, you know, all these different attributes for, for the character. Um, you know, if you gain the experience points and level up in the game, you can then spend those points on different attributes of your character and make them stronger in those areas. Well, for example, if you're, and this is such a video gamer ex example, so hopefully you can keep up with it. But if if you're trying to build like a warrior who's like got a battle ax or something like that, you need strength. 
and you need, uh, you know, melee combat skills or whatever. You don't need uh, to build up your ranged weapon skills for bows and things like that. Well, why? It's because of the type of character you're trying to build. You'd be wasting, you'd be wasting uh, attribute points or experience points on stuff that you're not really, that doesn't pertain to your character. And the same thing is true in life, I've found, is that um, you've probably heard the phrase, jack of all trades, master of none. What that means is people are so widely experienced in so many different things that they've never actually gone deep on any one thing. You see what I mean by that? They, they've gone, they, they're shallow on a lot of things, but they're not deep on anything. And that really is a problem because, and it's it's not wrong to know a lot about, uh, you know, a little bit about a lot of things. It's just that when it comes to your purpose, when it comes to your ministry, your business, your life, you don't want uh, to be a person that really doesn't focus on what you're called to do. And so um, that example really, <laughs> and that happened to me when I was really playing some of those games and thought to myself like, man, this is exactly where I see people lack uh, in, in business and in ministry and whatever is that they refuse to, and this is going to be the first question, by the way, that you've got to ask yourself for, uh, to provoke rapid growth. The first question is what should I focus on? Now put that in the comments, something so vital here. What should I focus on? I cannot, I cannot stress this one enough. What should I focus on? Or if you want to be, if there's any English teachers in the room that want to be extremely uh, dogmatic, on what should I focus? <laughs> so that we're not ending the uh, sentence with a prepositional phrase. Um, uh, what should I focus on? And so there's a, let me say this, there's a lot of things you could do there's only a few things that you should do. And that's so important. I can't stress that enough. Um, there are a lot of things you could do, but there's only a few things you should do. And so you have to ask yourself the question inside of your purpose, what should I focus on? What should I, fo what should I be focusing on? And one of the things that I've, I've noticed that happens to people is that you can, if you're not careful, you can get bored with your actual purpose. And if it's a dangerous thing to get bored with your purpose because then people start going on tangents and doing other things that really they don't pertain to their purpose. And so people start doing things that just interest them. Um, you know, there are things that are interesting. Let me, let me tell you, um, <laughs> one of the things that, if you like to read and study, that can be a a, uh, a hindrance. And I see people do this. You know, let's say, for example, as a minister, you know, there are things you could think about in the Bible that are interesting, but they really don't pertain to anything that you would do in life or ministry. So let, let me give you some examples of that. You know, especially when you start really start uh, studying the Bible for the first time, and you start going deep on different thoughts and all that. And, um, you know, you, 
you could, you could find things in the Bible that, you know, people have theories about and you're like, man, that's really interesting. And then you start going into it and, and, and you like, uh, you start really trying to go deep on studying it. Like, you know, my, you know, like the pre-Adamic race and the gap theory and what happened between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2 and, you know, what happened to the spirits of the Nephilim that died and, you know, all these different things like that the Bible, they are things that are in the Bible. You know, there were Nephilim in the Bible, the giants, the people that uh, were produced from the fallen angels sleeping with the women. And, you know, there might be some things in the Bible that refer to uh, civilizations before Adam and all these things, but like people spend all their time, they get all caught up in it and, you know, functions or certain things about uh, the end times, you know, uh, what's the world going to be like during the millennium and, you know, what whatever. I mean, if you even believe in a millennium. So the, all these different things that, yes, there's, there's some biblical things about it, but in all reality, it does nothing to help you practically in what you're called to do. You know, you could, you could do all these studies on heaven and what are the gates going to be like? And, you know, all these different things. You can do all these things, but in all reality, it doesn't matter to us practically right now. It doesn't matter. It's not going to help you win more souls. It's not going to help you get people healed. It's not going to help you get people delivered from addiction, you know, but it, it might, it might interest your natural mind and you could spend all kinds of time, you know, reading up on it watching YouTube videos, what other people have said about it, you know, all these different things. But in the end, it's like, who cares? Who cares? I mean, it's interesting to some people. I get that. I've gone down rabbit trails, <laughs> you know, you know, I've done those things. But in the end, you ask yourself, who really cares? It's not changing anyone's life and it's not equipping me to change anybody's life. So what, you know, you spend, we spend all this time, it's like spending your experience points on attributes that don't help you in your character creation. It doesn't matter. It's wor it's almost worthless because, and of course, if that's what you want to do for your entertainment time, by all means, do it. But you ask yourself, what should I focus on? What should I focus on? What should I put the bulk of my time into developing? And it's not those things. And then it comes down to, you know, what did the Lord tell you to do with your life? It, it's mind-blowing to me that, uh, and I've done a podcast on this, by the way, if you want to go back and look at it. Hey, Aaron. And so I made up my mind that I wanted to, anytime I was with somebody that had really accomplished a lot for the Lord, ask them the question, if you could go back in time, and speak to your 30-year-old self or whatever it is, what one thing would you tell yourself? And it's amazing to me because I have all these people that don't even know each other that when I ask them that question, 90-some percent of them all give me the exact same answer. Exact same answer. It's like mind-blowing. And um, they'll say this. I would tell myself, Find out what the Lord wants you to do and do only that thing for the rest of your life. That, that's the one piece of advice that all of these world changers give. That, you know, 9.5 out of 10 of them all give this same exact answer. Find out 
what God wants you to do, you personally, and do only that for the rest of your life. Well, what's that? Focus. (laughs) That's focus. That's what should I be focused on? Because here's the deal. If God's called me to do a specific thing, and he has, every one of us has a specific purpose. So if God's given us a specific thing, then uh, in all honesty, we're wasting our time pursuing other things. Um, Like, for example, I like how Bishop Oyedepo has set up his, it's almost like their mantra. And I've heard them say three things. And they say, uh, if God didn't tell us to do it, let it remain undone. If God can't give it to us, may we never have it. And if God uh, didn't tell us to go there, may we never arrive. So meaning it's his plan, not our plan. And I love that mantra because he'll say that first one, which is, uh, if God didn't tell us to do it, let it remain undone. That is so huge. You know why? It's because when we're dealing with focus, like what should I focus on? When we're dealing with that thought, there are so many needs in the world, so many needs in the world, that if you're not careful, you could actually just be caught up with trying to meet every and any need that you can. And that's not what you're called to do. I'm not called to meet any and every need. I'm not called to do any and everything that I can get my hands on. No, I'm not. Like, I'll give you an example. You know, I know what I'm called to do at this at this moment, at this point, doing what I'm called to do. But if God didn't tell me to do a specific thing, I'll never do it. You know, it wasn't until last year that the Lord really moved on us. Uh, I said just, just before that, but, and we've been in ministry now for 20 years, coming up on 20 years this year. You know, it's only been till two years ago, a year and a half ago, that the Lord ever really spoke to us to go on television. So I'm not doing it. <laughs> Unless the Lord tells me to do it, I'm not doing it. Now, I could have looked at everybody else and said, well, all my friends, I got friends on television all over the place, and my family's all on television, my father and my uncles and my cousin. and You know, if they can do it, I can do it. I could do all of that and say all of that. But that doesn't mean God wants me on television. And so if he didn't tell me to do it, let it remain undone. That's I'm, I'm Honestly, that's where I'm at. If he didn't tell me to do it, let it remain undone. And then it's like uh, you see people that just want to do things because other people are doing them and God never spoke to them to do it. Hear me when I tell you this. I will never do something because someone else did it, ever. If I ever do something, it's only because the Lord has spoken to me to do it. That's it. I have no interest in trying to keep up with anybody, none, no interest. And so, hey, Letty, I've got no interest in trying to keep up with anybody. And so if I ever do something, it's because the Lord spoke to me to do it. That's all. Because I don't want to do anything else that God didn't tell me to do. It's a waste of my time, my strength, my resources. It's more things that I have to be on my plate, and I don't want it. 
I don't want to do it unless the Lord said to do it. Unless the Lord uh, led us to do it, let it remain undone. You know, it's it's interesting because there's all kinds of needs all over the world. You know, there's kids in nations that need, their, you know, their parents have died. There's disease in those nations. They need orphanages. But let me tell you something. I'm not going to run around to every nation and build orphanages. If God didn't tell me to do it, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to move to some nation and say, no, you know what, Carolyn, all these children need orphanages so bad that we're going to uh, move there and begin to build these orphanages and run these orphanages for these kids. If God didn't tell me to do that, I'm not doing it because it's a waste of my time. Now, doesn't mean I won't send money. Doesn't mean I won't pay for orphanages. Doesn't mean I won't sow into that. But I'm not going to change my purpose and what I'm doing, you know, to do that. <laughs> Sorry, I just got back from Wuhan, China. And so, <laughs> and so I'm not going <laughs> to touch COVID. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to change my whole purpose because there's a need. You know, there are needs everywhere. And that's right, Lenan. Every joint supplies. Yeah, you don't want to try. First of all, you have two kinds of people. You got people that want to negate the need for another member of the body. And Paul rebuked that. Paul, Paul the apostle rebuked that. And he said, listen, we're all members in particular of the same body. Can the eyes say to the ears, I have no need of you, right? You can't say, well, because I have ears, I don't need eyes. No, I need to see and I need to hear, right? We need them both. We need a body if they're not like me. That's a stupid thing to say. But then there's another side of that too. There's the side where people who are, for example, like Linan said, uh, if, if you are an eye, stop trying to be a hand. If you're an ear, Stop trying to be a mouth. You know what I mean? And, and there's that's the other side of it, is that people are trying to be something God didn't create them or call them to be, and it's a waste of time. And, and here's, here's why I say this. This is what happens, is that people, people will burn themselves out doing things that they were never called to do. But they're doing it because they saw somebody else do it. And so now... They're expending resources. They're spending their money. They're they're using their uh, gifts, talents, and abilities. They're using their own strength, and all of it is really uh, for no reason because God never told them to do it. I've seen people burn out because of this. Start doing stuff because other people did it, because they're trying to keep up with the spiritual Joneses, and they're doing all this stuff, and it, and they're burning out. Burning out, spending all their money, doing all their, and it's not producing anything. Don't do what God didn't tell you to do. Don't do it. There's a scripture that, that we base this on. It's Psalm 127 and verse 1. Put it in the comments. Psalm 127 and verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. That's the whole thing right there. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. I don't want to labor in vain. I don't want my work to be in vain. So what am I going to do? 
I want to join in with the Lord on what he's building. I want to join in with the Lord on what he's building. I don't want to say, hey, Lord, I'm building this. Now come over here and help me. No. He's the master. He's the master. And so I want to do what he's doing, what he's commanded me to do. That's where the blessing is. That's exactly where the blessing is. And so what happens? Well, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Susan said, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. It's a great thought. Just because you can does not mean you should. And so we have to be discerning. We got to ask ourselves the question, what should we focus on? And so what does that come down to? It really does come down to knowing what you're called to do. And see, here's the thing. If you don't have a clear picture of what you're called to do, then you need to pray and fast and you need to get a word from the Lord and you literally need to uh, hear his voice telling you what your purpose is, what you're commanded to do. Because until you have that, you're kind of spinning your wheels. And here's what I tell people too is, uh, and this is why the other day when I taught about how your purpose can be connected to a person or to people. Elisha connected to Elijah. You know, uh, Onesimus connected to Paul. He went from being useless to useful. I wrote about that in Further Faster. Um, one of the things that we need to keep in mind is if we're still waiting on our personal purpose, connect yourself to somebody who's already in their purpose and serve them. Serve the purpose God gave them until yours comes into fruition. That's, that's a very important point that people forget. You know, God will connect you to people who are already moving in their purpose and you can begin to help them, sow into them, and watch what God will do as you honor them. It's a wonderful thing how the, how the body of Christ works. So uh, that's, that's exactly what I'm telling you. So once you discover it and, it, and and listen, make that thing as specific as you can, as specific as you can. Um, you know, in business, they train you to be able to give an elevator pitch. And that's where you have to be able to give the vision of your business or your uh, upcoming startup or whatever it is uh, to somebody in the time it takes to ride an elevator. It's an elevator pitch. You've got to be able to quickly uh, communicate what your idea is, what your business does, your vision, whatever. And in order to be able to do an elevator pitch, you have to have a specific vision and purpose defined or else you can't do that. And so it's so important to be able to do. But here's the key is that once you get that specific vision from the Lord, that specific purpose from the Lord, then it gives you parameters on what should I focus on. And once you've got those parameters, you can literally run with momentum. Because I taught on this uh, maybe last two weeks ago when I was preaching. Purpose gives you parameters. And I want you to put this in the comments section. Purpose gives me parameters. 
Purpose gives me parameters. And, and I said it to you in this way, that if you are being specific on what you want to do, what you need to do, it doesn't just tell you what you should be doing. It tells you what you shouldn't be doing. And that's just as important. That's just as important. Um, purpose gives me parameters. It shows me not only what I should be doing, but what I shouldn't be doing. I use the example of a professional sports player is that, you know, if, if, um, if they have a specific weight they're supposed to be at and all these different things, well, it doesn't tell you what you should be eating and how you should be working out. It also tells you what you shouldn't be eating and where you shouldn't be going and what you shouldn't be doing. So purpose gives you parameters. That's why we can ask ourselves the question, what should I be focused on? Because, man, once you define that and you determine your focus, I love this, you determine your focus, it puts you on a path to accomplish the great things you're called to do. You know, uh, one of the things that we try our very best to incorporate with Miracle Word, uh, there was a man named Simon Sinek, wrote a best-selling book uh, called Start With Why. Really great thought. Start With Why. And he he really is encouraging people in business and ministry, really, to uh, discover what their why is. You know, not their what and not their how, but their why. You know, everybody knows, um, you know, basically I would say everybody knows what they're doing. <laughs> but then as you go in and he has a, one of the cool things that was in his book was a, uh, he has a little chart. It's like a diagram where he has like a, a target with an outer ring, a middle ring and a bullseye. And he, he breaks it down where he says, like, if you go, everybody basically knows um, what they're doing. But then when you move move in tighter, uh, most people don't know how, you know, I'd say less people know how they do what they do successfully. You know, some, sometimes they, there's people that know what they're doing. And if their thing takes off, you know, and is successful, they're like, man, I know what we're doing, but we don't really know how we, we, we set ourselves apart from the competition. We don't really know how it happened. But then there's people that do know how that's working and how they do what they do and how it's working. But then the other thing, the bullseye that he talks about is the why. Why are we doing what we're doing? And, you know, it's that why factor that really will cut things out. Uh, it'll cut things out of your life. It'll cut things out of your ministry. It'll cut things out uh, of your business to where you're like, you know what? And I'll tell you a great example. I think I read this in another book. But um, when it comes down to your purpose, uh, I think it was Southwest Airlines. I read this about. And Southwest had a, really, they had a vision statement that they wanted to provide the cheapest airfares of any airline. That was their vision statement, cheapest airfares of any airline. And they were in a board meeting one time. And uh, one of the guys raised his hand and said, I've got a great idea, a great idea that no other airlines are doing that really would like set us apart. And uh, it would really be uh, a cool perk for all of the people that are flying Southwest Airlines. And they said, well, what is it? He said, well, we should serve a Caesar salad to everybody that rides Southwest Airlines. 
So you know, I mean, it, not if you're in first class. I mean, there is no first class on Southwest, but every seat, every person gets a Caesar salad. And they thought it was a great idea, but then the guy asked, the, I guess the chairman that was running the meeting, uh, he said, if we do that, can we still accomplish uh, what we want to do in our purpose, which is to be the cheapest airline to fly, cheapest airfares of any airline? And when they did all the numbers and crunched them and all that with adding the Caesar salad and producing it and getting it for every passenger, they found out that by doing that, it would no longer allow them to be the cheapest airfares of any airline. So although it was a great idea, customers would have loved it. It might have even been a perk for more people to fly or choose Southwest over other airlines. You know, that feeling of, you know, being able to, to have the salad being taken care of, you feel maybe like you're a little bit more of a, a first class ride. Let me tell you something. Well, even though it was, they thought maybe that's a good idea, customers would love it and all that, they threw the idea out the window. Do you know why? It was their own vision and their purpose that put the parameters on their choices. We're not going to do it because by doing that, even though it's a good idea, it stops us from accomplishing our vision statement, which is to be the cheapest airfare of any airline. And so that's exactly what I'm talking about. When you determine uh, what it is God wants you to do, what it is that you're called to do and why, why you're why you're called to do those things, why you're called to do what you're doing, um, it really sets parameters on you. And then it really can, it'll, you know why it's so freeing? It'll cut so many things out of your life. It will cut so many unnecessary things out of your life that you're like, man, I don't need to be doing that. It doesn't line up with my purpose. Doesn't line up with my why. It doesn't line up with what the Lord is asking me to do for him. And man, that's a good feeling because it really starts narrowing you down to the, to the essentials, to what's necessary. And uh, that's key. So the first question we have to ask ourselves, what should I be focused on? What should I be focused on? The second question you've got to answer that will provoke rapid growth is um, where do I need to get better? Or what do I need to get better at? And for the grammarians, at what do I need to improve? Um, where you, you have to identify your weaknesses. This is a big. This is a big deal, and this one's even more touchy than the first one I gave you. Because if people battle insecurity, and if people don't want to be corrected, and if people don't want to be introspective and look at themselves, what do I need to get better at? I know what I should be focused on, but where am I lacking? Where am I lacking personally? Um, where am I lacking? You know, identify those weaknesses because, you know, let's say, for example, you're a church and you and your church is um, a great church. You love people. Um, you do a good job uh, putting together your week to week. Uh, a great word is being preached and all these things. And you've got you got great worship and, and all this. But you're noticing that you're not really retaining a whole lot of your visitors or your new believers. Let's say you're even having altar calls and people are getting saved and all that. Then you ask yourself though, but why aren't we retaining these people? Where are we lacking? And you'll find out that you're lacking in uh, visitor retention and new believer retention. So it's like, why are we lacking in that area? You know, what? what is it? 
What do we need to improve? Where, am, where are we lacking? You have to identify those things. Uh, and, and you say to yourself, okay, where are we missing it? Well, when you start looking through and you start seeing those holes, and you're like, oh, wait. everything We're doing other things very well. We're not doing this well. We lack in this area. You know, we're, we're seeing people come for the first time, but we really don't ever see them again. Uh, we, we see people getting saved, but they're not being discipled. They're not entering into... Uh, next steps classes. We're not seeing them come back to the church, whatever it might be. And so you ask yourself the question, where do I lack? Well, there I'm identifying some things right there. I'm identi identifying some things right there. What about if it was your business? You can look in and say, what am I lacking? What am I lacking in my business? What am I lacking in school? What am I lacking with my family? Whatever your purpose you're trying to focus on, you've got to be big enough to ask yourself the question, where do I lack? And be big enough to answer the question for yourself and not get mad about the fact that there are things that we all need to focus on working on. No, no question. Nobody is at the level of perfection. Everybody has something that they have an area where they're lacking and they need to get better in that area. I do. Everybody does. Everybody does. But the, the biggest thing is not just knowing that you do. It's identifying where it is. Where is it? What? Where am I failing? Or maybe you're not fully failing, but you just need to improve greatly in a certain area. And that's fine because everybody does, as I said. But you'll never, you'll never even come to that conclusion if you don't ask yourself the question, where am I lacking? And that's a... <laughs> You got to put your big boy, big girl pants on to ask that one because people don't want to act like they're lacking anything. You know, and I know it's a given. We all know it's a given, but it blows my mind how many people act like it's not true. No, I'm not. I'll, we got, I'll tell you, our ministry crushing it, our business crushing it. Our, they don't even, they want to act like that uh, they're not in any area missing it. What a mistake. What a mistake. You want to ensure that you'll never go beyond where you are right this very minute? Just act like you're doing everything right. <laughs> if you want to make sure that you'll never go beyond where you are right now, just act like that, that you're not lacking anything, like you're not missing anything. Just, just, just act like that. And you'll just ensure you're locking yourself into this place of increase for the rest of your life can't do that. Always be improving. Always be learning. Always be developing. Always be growing. Where am I lacking? Where am I lacking? And then the final question that you have to follow that up with is, number two is not what do I need to do to get better? It's where am I lacking? Number three is what do I need to improve? But see that you can't even get to number three. You can't even get to what do I need to do to improve? Because, and, and I'll tell you why they're two different questions, is because uh, there are people that maybe they are introspective enough to ask the question, where do I lack? And then they identify it and it may shock them. They may be, they may be off, you know, put off by it. And they may not do a thing about it. They might do, not do one thing about it. They know that it needs to improve. They know it's broken. The systems are broken. The, everything, you know, they know it, but they're just not going to do anything about it. 
I mean, I've met people like that. I know people like that. They're like, you know what? I know it's broken. I know that that, that doesn't work. I know that we, we need to improve in that area. I know we're, we're not doing anything efficiently there, but I'm just not going to do a thing about it. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to do anything. And so literally, they've already asked the question. They're already at uh, <laughs> they're already at the place of realization, but they don't care enough to make a change about it. Maybe they're lazy. Maybe they've got pride. Maybe they've got uh, maybe they just don't care anymore. Maybe they're just at the place where they've lost interest in their own purpose. Sad place to be. It's a sad place to be. Maybe they've lost interest in their own purpose. But um, if for those of you that have not lost interest in your own purpose, it moves you on then to question number three, which is what can I do to improve? You know, I love this. Hey, Mario. I love this because once you've identified what, what you should be focused on, once you've identified where you lack, if you're big enough to move to number three, get ready for rapid growth. Because if you've identified those things and then realized, I'm going to come up with strategies to improve those things or better systems. I'm going to come up with better systems to improve those things so that that stuff doesn't fall through the cracks anymore, so that we don't have those same problems anymore. And one of the best things you can do is come up with uh, with systems because they are... Uh, you can even create an automated thing in some of these areas that you, uh, I think you hit the the arrow, the curved arrow button, Kim, and then it'll let you copy the link and then you can just paste the link in Facebook. Um, if you came up with an automated system, you know, there's so many tools we have now digitally that things you can do. I mean, it's it's an awesome thing to where you know, we wanted to make sure that everybody that got saved through our ministry was followed up on and that we had the ability to, no matter what country they were in, we want to make sure that they, they were contacted by us. They didn't fall through the cracks. So whether or not they're um, watching on television from <laughs> another nation, Tiffany said, I feel the anointing on this. She is the system's queen and has helped so much to put things in place. But like, say, for example, salvations. You know, we, we want to make sure that no matter where somebody gets saved, uh, no matter where somebody lives, that they're followed up on, that they're that we're in contact with them, that we have resources to help them grow in their salvation. Uh, so what do we do? Well, one of the first things we did is adding an I just got saved button to the website and then crafting uh, pages that are geared just towards them free resources that they can immediately download. We created a discipleship course that's free that they can immediately enter into. Uh, you know, and then on top of that, they get automated emails as soon as they fill it out. We're in contact with them. They can contact us. They can go through the programs. They can download the resources. We're in their life immediately and all that we don't have to have somebody thinking in an office somewhere oh i think uh somebody so-and-so just got saved 
uh, what do I need to send to them? What do I need to get to? Uh, I need to sit down and do 42 emails today because we had 42 salvations. So I need to sit down and then I need to make sure I send out 42 emails uh, and then I send out 42 products. We don't have to do any of that. We don't have to do any of that because we've set up a system that's automated so that if 44 people get saved, they've already got 44 emails and they've already gotten uh, access to the products digitally. We don't have to sit down and think to do that every time people a batch of people get saved. It's just done. It's done when they tell us they got saved. And so we, we're, we, you come up with something that helps you to cut out, you trim the excess fat so that things, because what if somebody gets busy and they're like, oh, I only had a chance to email the uh, 22 of the 44 and then I'll do the other 22 later and then something else comes up and 22 people miss out because somebody was too busy or forgot or whatever. You're trimming the excess fat off of your purpose and these systems help you uh, to, put, to put that efficiency in place so that you've identified what can I do better. And let me just say, there are some things that you may just want to drop. You may just want to drop them and say, you know what? I'm trying to do too many things. I'm trying to do too many things. Do you know Steve Jobs did that when he came back to Apple? People don't know that. You know, he he was at, he he founded Apple Computers with Steve Wozniak. They were doing well for a while. He he made the mistake of hiring somebody uh, that didn't understand the purpose of Apple or what they were doing. They brought him over from Pepsi Corporation and they ended up firing Steve Jobs from Apple. <laughs> he got kicked out of his own company. He went, formed another company. Then he got involved with Pixar, you know, and obviously then sold that to Disney. But then they wanted to bring Steve Jobs back. Well, Apple was a mess. It was a mess when they brought him back. And he had the vision to make it great again. And so you know what he did? They say that when he came back to Apple Corporation, they had over 100 proje uh, projects and products in research and development. Over 100. And he said, you guys don't understand the purpose of this company. It's not to make a bunch of products that are halfway good. It's to make a few products that are great. And when he came back, one of the first things he did was cancel 90% of the research and development products. 90% canceled them completely. They said he was famous when he came back for meeting people on the Apple campus in elevators, in offices, and saying, what do you do here? And if their answer was not efficient enough, if they couldn't tell him really why they were needed, he'd say, yeah, don't come back tomorrow, you're fired. He was just trimming the excess, literally trimming the excess. And uh, as he's doing that, he made up his mind, we're just going to do a few products really well. To this day, I mean, look, it's 2021 now. To this day, they still only do a handful of products, right? They make the Mac. They make the iPad. They make the iPhone. And they make an iPod. They make a watch and an Apple TV and now a few peripherals like AirTags, right? And that's pretty much it, right, Zach? Yeah. Seven things. That's seven things. A computer, a tablet, a phone, a watch. 
Oh, yeah, and AirPods. So eight things. So think about that. When he took it over again, they had over 100 things they were going to make. 100 things. He came back and said, no, we're not. And to this day, and he's been dead for a while, but to this day, they're still only making like eight things. And that's it. Because he decided our vision is to do a few things very well, not to do a bunch of things. That's right. People wait in line overnight to get their products when they release. You, you think about it. The, the market share they have on some of these things is unbelievable. Blow your mind. They control the market. Why? Because they ask themselves, what can we do to improve? How can we make these things better? How can we make the user interface better? I mean, it, it's... It's mind-blowing because they're willing to ask those questions. Do you realize, I read this last night, you, th you think about the, the commitment to excellence. This blew my mind. People always wonder, why is it that all these other um, Apple products, they, they come out with a calculator automatically downloaded? If you buy an iPhone, there's a calculator app. If you buy an Apple Watch, there's a calculator app. If you buy a Mac, there's a calculator app. If you buy an iPod, there's a calculator app. But if you buy an iPad, there's no calculator app on it. And people say, why, why is there no calculator on the iPad? Why do you have to go download a third-party application? And it really was something that slipped through the cracks because uh, the guy that used to work for them, Scott Forstall, was the leader of uh, 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 user interface and uh, I think, yeah, UI. And basically, when they were getting ready to ship the first iPad... All he did was take the iPhone version of the calculator and scale it up to the size of the iPad. And when Steve Jobs saw it, he was like, what is this? Why does the calculator look like a scaled up version? Why isn't it beautiful like the rest of our user interface? He's like, we're not shipping this. And he's like, no, no, that's what we're shipping. Scott Forstall told Steve Jobs, that's what we're shipping with the iPad. He said, no, we're not. He said, you can either pull it or redesign it, but we're not shipping it this way. And so they didn't have the time to redesign it right before launch. It was like a week before launch. So they just pulled it. And, and they never ended up adding one that was redesigned for the iPad. So it's it's amazing that, that literally I refuse to ship this iPad with that level of, of quality on that calculator app. You know, what is that? I'm sticking to our vision of our products are beautiful. Our products are well-designed. Our products are desirable. And if it doesn't meet up with that... Get rid of it. Get rid of it. I mean, that's uh, excess to the level of detail. And if they can do that, why should God's kingdom be so subpar in so many areas? I've never understood this. Why should God's kingdom be subpar? Why should we spend less time developing how we're going to present the gospel to people? Right? It's so important. It's so important. And, th and that's the thing, is that once you identify what you could do better, you'll, you're off to the races. Because if you're truly willing to, to work on that, if you're truly willing to make that happen, get ready for rapid growth. You know, it's the same in any area of life, right? Once, once we dis determined uh, what it is that's truly killing Americans, that's why the keto diets become so popular that I have to get back on is that, you know, we've been really lied to for so many years by companies that want to sell us their foods. We, how, I mean, for how many decades were we told that 
high-fat foods were causing us to be fat. And so we needed to buy low-fat options, low-fat yogurt, low-fat this, low-fat. And it was never it was never fat. It's always been sugar. It's always been sugar and preservatives that are destroying people, always. If I showed you, and I, and I put it in my book on fasting that came out this year, if you saw all of the negative things that were tied to uh, excess sugar consumption, it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. All the things, metabolic syndrome, diabetes, cancer. I mean, you can go right down the list. They're all tied to sugar. But once we determine that, guess what we can do now? Now we have a plan, a strategy. What can we do better? We know how to treat our bodies better. And to make sure, you know, I, I dealt with that thing where Rhonda Patrick, who's a long life specialist, said to Joe Rogan, it's in my book, I, I, I cited it in, in, in the book, that a, a huge amount of people in hospitals being treated uh, are being treated for metabolic syndrome. And that's something that could literally be changed just by changing your diet. You don't need pills. You don't need medicine. You don't. You don't need any of that. And um, and that's the key. That's the key. Once I know. Listen, Leslie said rice and beans are not on keto. And I know I'm the I'm Puerto Rican. I never tried the keto for this very reason. I love rice and beans. I love rice and beans. But I like living more. And I just had to start. Because, you know, I got to the place where I, I recognized it. I said, well, where am I lacking? Well, I'm allowing myself to just go crazy. And I had to make a decision that I was going to uh, literally take the time to make those healthy decisions, serve the Lord longer, preach longer. If Jesus tarries, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go long and strong, not be taken out physically because I made the wrong choices. So I had to identify where do I lack? Where do I lack? What things am I doing that are literally causing me to lack? And then what can I do better? And when I re when I recognized and did all this research and read all these books, I read like four books on it. I've watched countless hours of videos from doctors on it. It, it makes all the sense in the world. That's true, Ashley. Makes all, yeah, it's true, Regina. I went to that Puerto Rican restaurant yesterday and we tore it up. Then we zagged pour it up and uh but you can't live like that you know you might do a, a cheat day every i mean you can you can live like that for a short period of time but what it's these three questions what should i focus on determine your purpose where do i lack most people won't ever ask that i mean you'll be in the majority you'll be in the small minority just by uh, being willing to ask that question. And then, what can I do to improve? I'm going to give you a bonus here at the end. I'm going to give you a bonus. After you ask yourself, where do I lack and what can I do to improve? The final thing that you need to make sure that you do is coming up with a clear strategy on implementing that thing that you can do to improve. Um, I read The Power of Habit. It's a good book, but Tiffany recommended an even better book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I want to recommend that book to you today. 
It's called Atomic Habits. You may have already read it. James Clear. Um, you've got to set things in place uh, that will help you to implement those things that will cause you to grow and improve. And uh, I will give you something that I really think, one of the things that I really think is so powerful, and I didn't even know, I didn't realize this, I read about it afterward, but then I was, I was happy because I was already doing it. I was already doing it to a degree, and I just want to continue to do it. But I started, I believe if Tiffany, if you're still watching, I think this is something that James has in his book, but it's the concept, and I want you to put this phrase in the, in the comments, it's the concept of habit stacking. Um, Mackenzie said, are you the type of person to recognize something and change immediately or does it take you a while to get consistent? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I am pretty much uh, a person that recognizes it and wants to jump in. Carolyn will make fun of me because she's like, I never know what mode you're in. Because it'll be like, I, I, you'll change on a hair. It's like, like yesterday you were eating rice and you were eating pasta and today you're only eating, you know, stevia and, and you know, sausage. Habit stacking, habits, habit stacking. And uh, I believe, and, and I think Tiffany might not be on, she might be on. I think he's the one that wrote about that, if I remember correctly. But it's the concept of habit stacking. So what does that mean? Let me break it down because this will help you. This will help you immensely in this area. What is habit stacking and, and why, why can you use it to improve, improve what, you're, what you're trying to do? Well, one, one, thank you, Tiff. One of the things that you'll recognize is... Um, one of the things that'll cause us to remember to do the things we want to do is uh, not together. I mean, Stevie and my coffee, sausage for lunch. Um, one of the things that causes us to do that is triggers, triggers that help us to remember to do the habit. So like, for example, I've, I've heard of people, I knew a guy that all he, he wanted to get better upper body strength. And so all he did is he put the, the, the door to his office in his house where he worked that he would go in and out of however many times a day, he put up a, a pull-up bar on the door frame of, of his office and just set a habit that every time I leave my office, I do one pull-up. Every time I come back into my office, I do one pull-up. And all the times he, had, he went in and out of his office every day, by the end of the day, he may have done 50, 60 pull-ups. Got to the place doing like 100 pull-ups. All he did was, it was a trigger. I walk in the door, I do a pull-up. I walk out the door, I do a pull-up. So many times, we're moved by triggers. That's the reason some people overeat, is because they just eat at a certain time or eat when a certain thing happens because they're triggered to do so. Um, but this thing really helped me because habit stacking, you can accomplish multiple things at the same time, multiple habits that you want to form, stack them together and make them all one event, right? So uh, one of the things I was reading for my health, right? I was reading about the fact that most, most people in America don't get uh, sufficient vitamins and minerals. And one of the things that you need, really do need to stay healthy is like vitamin D, right? Which you can get 
uh, by exposing yourself to sunlight for about 30, 15 to 30 minutes a day. And so I was like, well, you know, I need to do that because I'm inside working all day, working on a laptop, sitting in a room. And I said, I need to do that. But the also, I need to be, I didn't want to be running all the time because I know it's in the long run, it's bad on your knees and all that. But I wanted to walk briskly and make sure that I'm getting in, keeping my heart rate at where I want it to be every day for at least 30 to 40 minutes, which they tell you to do for your heart and the rest of your organs of your body. And so you get the vitamin D. So I said, well, instead of going to my uh, gym and doing that walk on the treadmill, I want to stack those two things together. I want to walk, but I also want to be outside and get sun. So I'm going to do my walk outside. It's going to give me my 30, I would do close to an hour of walking. So it's going to give me an hour in the sun to get vitamin D. It's going to give me my exercise. My heart rate's going to stay where it needs to be. But then what's my other goal? I want to read more Bible and I want to uh, read more books and, and do more study. Well, I'm going to throw my earbuds in and while I'm on my, on my walk, I'm not just going to waste that time listening to music or waste that time doing other things. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pop my earbuds in and on that walk, I'm going to spend 30 minutes listening to the Bible through the Version Bible app. I'm going to spend 30 minutes listening to scripture for the day. And then I'm going to spend the other 30 minutes praying because I also want to uh, spend more time praying. So you know what? I'm going to throw it into my walk time too. So now if you look at it, I have now stacked four habits together into one hour of my day. And so I'm out there getting what I need for my body from the, the, the minerals and vitamins, uh, and or excuse me, vitamins. And then I'm also getting in my exercise, my 30 to 40 minutes a day, keeping my heart rate where it needs to be. But I'm also ingesting the word of God into my spirit while I'm walking. But then I'm also praying in the Holy Ghost and I'm also praying in English. And I've got my prayer points right on uh, my phone. So I can pull my phone out after I've listened to the Bible, open up Microsoft OneNote. I've got all my prayer points right there. And while I'm walking around the neighborhood, I'm praying, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, and I'm getting uh, I'm getting all these things that I need in my spirit, need in my body. I'm getting all these things in at one time, and what am I doing? I'm stacking these habits together, knowing that I need to improve in different areas. Now, there may be days that instead of, because I'm also, I, I a lot of times I prefer to read the Bible with the Bible open. So instead of that, I might listen to preaching. I might listen to somebody preaching a message for 30 minutes. I might listen to some uh, minister's podcast for 30 minutes, whatever that might be. But I'm building up my spirit in that way. See that? AJ said, I've, li I've listened to literally hundreds of hours of teaching just by switching to sermons instead of music while I work out. That's exactly it. Lena said, that's what I do. I walk to pick up my kids from school and listen to the Bible or a podcast. Then we pray, thanking God for their time at school. It's exactly right. And so um, Regina said, are your books available on audio? That's one of the next goals that I have is to re record these, these audio books of things that we, um, we've already released. I could have paid to have somebody do it already, but I actually prefer, I would like to do it myself. I want to be the one that does the the uh, the, the audio for the books. So um, that is a goal coming up in the future. Um, and then we'll be literally on every platform. So I stack these habits. Find a way 
to determine the things you need to do, where you need to improve, what you need to have happen, and then stack them. You know, stack them. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. You know, think of this. We say, well, you know, I can't do all the things you do. I've got, I've got kids. I've got young kids. I got to take care of young kids and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe your kids have a nap in the afternoon. You know, put the put the, when you put just make that the trigger when your kids go down for a nap. Then, you know, you say, well, that's my time that I fold laundry. Okay, the laundry has to get folded. So fold the laundry while listening. Uh, you know, if you've got a back porch, go out in the sun, get your vitamin D, fold the laundry on the porch, listen to scripture while you're folding laundry. You know, whatever you got to do to stack all these things together to make sure you're getting the most out of it. Thank you, Regina, to get the most out of it. But here's the thing. It's it's without question. It is very, very beneficial to you to stack these habits together, make a plan, make a plan, you know, and, and I think this is such a powerful thing because you can, you can accomplish, and let me encourage you with this thought, you can accomplish far more than you think you can. I'm going to say that, and I want you to put in the comments, I can accomplish far more than I think I can. And I, we actually, Zach and I were somewhere recently and, uh, we were just talking about a few things we were, we were putting together, and the guy at the table was like, "Man, I can tell I can tell you accomplish a lot of things in a day," and, and I don't think of it that way. I don't think of like, you know, I, I accomplish a lot of things in a day. I think of, you know, what I always want to be producing something, and so I want to make sure that you know my time's not wasted. You know, one, it's it's good to rest, and I like to rest. And I, I, more than ever in the last three years, I've understood the need for rest. But one thing I hate is wasted time. And I get antsy. You know, I get antsy about, you know, not producing things. And so if I'm not producing, that's when I start feeling that way. And, and so one of the things that you've got to just do, if you're not that person that feels like that, you have to put things in place um, system strategies to accomplish those purposes. Um, I, I'm not going to take the time to, to talk about it in this broadcast, but I have taken the time, and you've probably read about it if you've read any business books or uh, time management books or, or goal-setting books or anything like that. Um, you've heard about SMART goals. And if you've not heard about SMART goals, that's an acronym, Google it, read up on it, and apply it to the goals that you're setting. Because really, I've come to realize it is pretty pointless to just set goals the way most people do. You might as well not even set the goals because they're not going to get accomplished. Google SMART goals. It's an acronym. Read, read up on each one of those five things that your goals should be and that they should have. And then every time you sit down to make a goal, make sure all five of those things apply uh, to the goal that you're setting. And it'll help you because you'll accomplish them. And then write your goals down. It's the last thing I'm going to say today before I pray for you. Write your goals down. They've actually done studies on this and found out that you're like 70% more likely to accomplish your goals if you write them down. That's a biblical principle. Write the vision. Make it plain upon tablets that they may run 
that read it. If you can write it down, that means it's defined. <laughs> it's defined. We talked about that earlier. Define it. Put the smart the smart goal parameters on it and watch. You'll 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 accomplish far more than you think you can. Far more. Far more. There's people on here that you'd like to write a book. And you say, I don't know if I could ever write a book. Oh, you can write one. You can write one. You can get what God's put in your spirit out. It just takes this kind of thing that I'm talking about where you're willing daily to say, you know what, whether it's good or whether it's crap, I'm going to spend an hour a day writing. I'll spend 30 minutes a day writing. And I'm going to spend those 30 minutes with uninterrupted because I'm going to shut my devices off. Emails aren't going to ding on my phone. Phone's not going to ring. I'm going to write for 30 minutes a day. Habit, habit, habit. You know what's more important? than being passionate about things that you're supposed to be doing, it's being habitual about the things that you're supposed to be doing. Consistency. Consistency. Yeah. That's right. Katie said 500 words a day in three months, you've got a book. So, I mean, think about it. Consistency is more important than passion. It's more important. There's people that get passionate about something and then they're off it in two months. Consistency is more important than passion. I think it was actually the author, James Clear, Tiffany, if I'm not right, if I'm not wrong, that a few days ago posted something on Instagram where he was talking about it's it, it's better for you to do one push-up. I can't remember his all his examples, but I remember he said, do one push-up, write 10 words, you know, whatever, whatever it was, than to do nothing at all. A little of something is far better than nothing of something. You say, well, what, what good does one push-up do? It's like the guy I told you that did one pull-up every time he came into his office, set, a, set some kind of trigger. You know, every time something happens, you do, you do a push-up or whatever, whatever it is that you're going to do. But consistency is far more important than passion. Because if you'll be habitual about something, if you'll create a habit about it, then you don't need the passion to keep pushing you. That's why it makes me laugh that like, uh, I've talked about this. They had some, they have, they have an actual day in January. I think it's January 18th, quitters day, quitters day. They say that's when the average person quits their new year's resolution. I'm going to work out. I'm going to work out in 2021. And then by January 18th, they stopped working out. Why? Because there will come a time where the passion will wear off. And you've got a principle and habit and consistency have to keep driving you. And it's so much better. So here's, here's the thing I'll say. If you can identify what is standing in the way of you and the thing that you're supposed to be accomplishing, remove those things, remove them all. Everyone you can remove, that's literally, it's like, you notice like, well, I keep trying to do that, but every time I try to do it, this pops up or I've got to do this. Whatever you've got to do to move that out of the way, move it out of the way so that anything that's a hindrance to you accomplishing those goals is no longer in your life. I mean, if you're, I mean, it's as basic as if you're trying to do a diet. That's why they tell you to empty your pantry of junk food. 
empty your house of temptations. It's so much easier to stay true to it if there's not an availability to get involved in the wrong thing. And I believe in you. Then you got to get over it or you got to get free from it, Sandra. She said, what if the obstacle is internal? Got to get, you got to get rid of it somehow. And the Holy Spirit, that's the, that's the advantage we have as Christians is that we have the advantage of the Holy Spirit who's a, a deliverer, a comforter, a guide. He can help you do anything. Anything's possible to them that believe. Anything. So let me pray for you today. Those of you that are watching, those listening on the podcast, thank you. I love spending time with you, but let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that your plan for us is not to regress. It's not to go backwards. It's not to diminish. Your plan for us is never-ending increase. And so now, Lord, I'm asking you to speak to every one of us. Strengthen us. Give us wisdom in these areas. Let us be bold enough and strong enough and secure enough to identify the areas in which we are lacking or we've been lazy or we've been negligent. Let us identify it. And then, Lord, I ask you, give us the wisdom and the strength and the humility to listen to your spirit to change it. Give us a hunger to change. Lord, one of the things I'm praying for every Victory Tribe member today, don't ever let us get to the place where we can identify the things that need to change, the things that are uh, causing us to lack, and don't care about changing it. Don't ever let us get to that place, Lord. Keep a fire in our spirit that when we identify the things that need to change, we quickly jump on it and do what we're called to do and move everything that's a mistake or those things that are just literally obstacles to our increase and victory, let us move them out of the way. And Lord, I pray that if there are people that are watching or listening that do not yet know what their purpose is, speak to them. Lord, don't let them wait. Speak to them this week. Speak to them this week and give them insight into what their purpose is for life. We don't want to wander from year to year to year wondering what it is we're called to do. Speak to them this week by your power and give them a clear understanding of their purpose so that we can jump in to begin to work for you and do what you've asked us to do, what you've called us to do in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. Strengthen every listener, every watcher, every part of the Victory Tribe. Strengthen them today. Give them wisdom today as they do what they're called to do. Give them compassion for the lost. Give them a boldness to stand for the things of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and we give you praise. And if you believe it, throw some fire in the comments. Throw some hands up in the comments if you believe and receive that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, before we jump in the car, pack up this place and get over to Horseheads, I want to encourage you to sow a seed today. Those of you that are standing with me and Carolyn, love you, Jennifer. Uh, take a minute to sow a seed. Take a minute to partner with us. You know, I know that there are people watching that you've not taken the step of faith yet to partner with us financially. You can do it. You can do more than you think you can. And so I want to encourage you 
there's so many people watching right now, listening right now. You could easily stand with us at $85 a month. You could stand with us at $100 a month. Don't wait. Jump in and be a part of the Victory Tribe. Be a part of what God's doing through Miracle Word Ministries. Because I'm going to tell you something. Time is short, and we're going to do all we can to reach the world, and you're a part of that. Don't lay back and do nothing. Stand with us and watch what God will do in your life. Watch the harvest that will come in in your life as you do what, what you're called to do and stand with us as we do what we're called to do. And so, I know you are, Lenan. And so here's how you do it. If you'd like to sow your seed and maybe you're watching the replay, you can go to miracleword.com and you can find there, use all the different ways you can sow are right there at miracleword.com when you click on the give page. And um, there's Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, Zelle. You can give by debit or credit card. If you're listening on the podcast and you scroll up, you'll see the description. Uh, when you swipe up and there's links in the description of the podcast that will take you right to the place where you can sow. For those that are standing with us in the month of May, we're sending you Dr. Cho's book, Prayer That Brings Revival. And we're getting ready. To, I can't believe we're crossing over to June soon. We'll have all new things for you. But um, man, final pieces for the study collection have just come in and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It looks so slick. We're sending a few of those out. But if you want to stand with us, at $5,000 or more. We've put together what we call the Elite Study Collection. Five of the best study resources for the Christian uh, that you could have in your home. Go deep in the study of the word. And uh, we love you. Listen, uh, we've just finished in Buffalo. We're going to be in um, Horseheads, New York. Thank you. Horseheads, New York, starting tomorrow through Sunday. Don't miss it. If you can get there, get there. All the details on the website. Look forward to it. If you missed it, yesterday, brand new video and Bible study for Miracle Word Kids and uh, about you being a temple. Go check it out, miraclewordkids.com. It's also all of the kids' information and, and, and all of the kids' content, uh, as well as our TV content, as well as our radio content. It's all in the app, and the app is free. Go to your app store, search Miracle Word, and download our free app today for your tablet or phone, Google or Apple, doesn't matter. Uh, it'll it, You'll be hooked up with a lot of good stuff in there. Tons of content. Tons of content. That'll be great, Jennifer. Look forward to seeing you Sunday. Tons of content for you. Um, and then there was one other thing I was going to say, and I just got sidetracked. It's like a squirrel with a nut. I'm trying to remember what it is, but I can't. Oh, well. I'll tell you tomorrow. Join me again tomorrow. Um, how do I get app? You go to your app store, Google Play or Apple app store, and you search Miracle Word. You'll see our app. All kinds of stuff in there for you. I love you guys. Have a great, great day. And I'll see you in the morning tomorrow, 1030 a.m. Once again, I'm being reunited with Carolyn and the kids tonight at 1030 when their plane lands. So look forward to seeing them. Carolyn will be with us. The kids will be with us in Horseheads. Uh, and I'll see you there at his tabernacle. Love you guys. Have a great day. I'll talk to you later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.